Welcome to the SB Live California podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette, joined with Jason Miller, recently hired to coach football at Bellflower after a really successful stint at Gunn High School up in Northern California. Jason, so let's start with the Bellflower news. Why was this the right time to move back to Southern California and coach at Bellflower High? First of all, thanks for having me. Um, you know, we all went through COVID-19. We're still going through COVID-19. And um, Calif- uh, Southern California, you know, born and raised. And the opportunity, again, to coach with uh, my brother Keith, the opportunity to coach um, my nieces and nephews um, one day in the near future is just something that was just too good to pass up. So, uh, you know, getting back close to home um, and just the opportunity to coach with family and work with family uh, was just too much to pass up. And you're renowned for the wing T. So the wing T is coming to Bellflower. That's not going to change your style. You'll see some double wing and um, you'll see some spread sets. So we're going to diversify a little bit uh, to make our program a little bit more pleasing to watch and attractive uh, to watch. Uh, So, yeah, you'll see uh, some double wing. You'll see some spread stuff, um, you know, but it's kind of hard to turn your back on things that make you successful. That's true. And the proof's in the pudding. So at Gunn, you were 25 and 10, won a couple of league championships. The four years prior at Gunn, the school went seven and 33 in football. So clearly uh, that double wing worked really well. What did it mean to you to have that effect on that school, to be able to turn it around after they struggled for the four years before you were there and even into the uh, past before that you came in and you, you changed the culture? What did that mean to you? You know, you always like to rally a community. You like to rally kids and and make them understand what a great sport football is and what it can do for a community. Most of the kids at Gunn, their parents didn't first allow them to play. They told them they couldn't play. Uh, So there was that level of communication that had to occur to get parents to allow students to play. So once that happened, it's getting kids to believe, make a commitment, and, you know, it's a, it's a big project and, and you just, you know, take it step by step, get kids to work out. When I started, we had forfeit that first season because we had uh, less than 16 healthy players, um, uh, 30 in the whole program. And, you know, we got it up this spring. We were up to about 80. So, um, you know, all of our goals are pretty much have they've pretty much been accomplished here. Um, you know, we kind of reached our ceiling, in my opinion of where we can go with the type of school we are. So, you know, I feel really good walking away from gun at this time and uh, looking forward to the new challenge. Certainly. And at Bellflower two and seven a year ago, we saw your brother Keith uh, on Twitter with that awesome video, getting the guys fired up the, the first day, meeting them. I just look back on that video. I thought that made the rounds in Southern California only, but that thing has a hundred thousand views on Twitter. That thing went viral. Uh, What's it like coaching with your brother? I know you've done it in the past. You're really excited about it. I'm sure. What's it like coaching with Keith? He seemed like a real rah-rah guy. You know, he called me, said, you know, my video went viral (laughs) and uh, you know, I, I kind of, I end up playing head coach. I'm conservative on everything. And I, I just like, Oh, you know, it's just, it's weird. Our dynamic is much like it was growing up. We're, we're kind of fire and ice. Uh, you know, he's fire and I'm, I'm a little bit more laid back in ice. And, you know, we had success at Bourbon Day uh, at Compton 
um, you know, back in the mid 2000s. So, you know, we can work well together. We grew up together. I mean, Keith and I, when we grow up and play two on two basketball against other kids, we had our own set plays. So, you know, we, we would have code language set plays. You know, he was always the scorer. I was always the guy setting picks, rebounding. Um, you know, when my senior year, I played right tackle. He played tailback and ran behind me. So we've always kind of worked together. Uh, his birthday's May 10th. Mine's May 11th. I'm uh, a year 300. He'll tell you I'm a year 364 days, not two years older than him. So we've always, you know, worked well together. I mean, growing up, we almost had a twin perception. Uh, and we, we've been there for one another's triumphs and one another's struggles. Uh, and so we are really comfortable uh, working together at this time. Uh, we both said to each other, this is the perfect job for this time um, because we've worked together. We, we know what to expect from one another. I'm confident in my ability to be a head coach. He's confident in his position. So we won't step on one another's egos and, you know, things are going to work out really well. So we are really excited about coaching together again. Where do the two of you go to high school? Went to Luzinger. Um, Keith, his last year went to Gardena Sarah, but uh, we were a Londell Luzinger family. <laughs> Very nice. You, you mentioned earlier about how that first year at Gunn, a lot of parents didn't want their kids to play. Was that mainly because of safety or what was that all about? How come parents don't want them to play? Well, you know, you have the uproar over uh, CTE and concussions. And, um, you know, I just think that it got out of control. Um, the type of football we play in high school, really the type of football we play at gun doesn't lend itself to uh, hit many head injuries. Uh, you don't, you're not really even getting many hard hits. And so parents were, you know, they'd watch movies and documentaries and, you know, were very concerned about their um, children playing. So I had to have conversations with individual families, knock door to door, uh, you know, and have meet with parents to get them to uh, trust me that uh, football could be a positive experience. You know, just being open and honest that there's always a risk of injury, but you know, like I tell them, there's a risk of injury riding your bike to school. There's a risk of injury walking across the street. And so, it, you know, just like anything, you know, my dad is a, has been a car salesman for 40 years and um, always taught me that you're going to have to sell anything you do in any profession. You have to sell yourself, sell your product. So um, I'm a big believer in football. And, you know, I told our kids at Gunn, I said, you know, I know we're the number one uh, academic public school in the state, you know, due to various rankings. But if we win in football, gun will all of a sudden be a football school. And that's kind of what's happened here is that, um, you know, it became a football school. And um, so we, we turned those uh, doubtful parents into huge supporters filling bleachers. I see that Keith is running the spring practice at Bellflower while you get settled and eventually move back from, from Northern California. Do you anticipate having a numbers issue at Bellflower in year one, it looks like on the videos that there's plenty of kids, but uh, have you talked with Keith about the numbers? Is it a concern at all? Or are you guys good to go? Yeah. I, you know, I talked to Keith nightly and I talked to other assistants nightly. I talked to the athletic director, uh, Bryce Christensen nightly. We have about 40 to 50 kids that are consistent in coming. And, and that's a big number. And that was a mild surprise. Um, we had our parent meeting last night. We had 60 sets of parents show up. So um, we're really excited about uh, the momentum, uh, largely due to Keith's video. 
um, you know, that's the good thing about social media and things that uh, kids can go back and research and research the things that you've done. And they're pretty, they're excited about us coming. So and it's not just Keith and I, we um, have uh, some coaches with us that have coached that we have known for over 20 years. Um, we've got Jerron Johnson coming to coach DBs, who was a Super Bowl champion and CIF champion. Um, you know, and so we, we feel like we got a great staff. And so that's allowed me to feel comfortable and um, just kind of letting them run things uh, right now. Here's the million dollar question. We could probably spend a couple hours on this, but I won't make you do that. How do you turn a program around? What, what are some of the keys? Is it, is it buy-in? Is it just getting the players to trust you? Of course, weightlifting and what you do on the field is so important, but uh, there's so much that goes into turning a team that was seven and 33 into one that's 25 and 10. How do you do it in the easiest way you can answer that? Well, the funny thing is I'm more proud that in the past three seasons, we're like 21 and four. So okay. you know, we had some struggles. So, but I'm always super proud of that, but you kind of said it all. And, and I always tell the kids, you know, people ask me, this is, I think Bellflower is going to be my seventh uh, turnaround. Uh, once we get it all turned around, it'll be the seventh time we've turned around the program, uh, whether as a coordinator or as a, a head coach. And I always tell kids, you know, people ask, what's the secret sauce? And I said, you know, the secret sauce is hard work. It's just hard work. Um, I work hard to like it done. We had school starts at nine, but I required uh, 7.30 a.m. workouts. Um, so it's just hard work and focus coming every day. We tell them come every day and you'll get better. We wanna stack good days on top of good days. We wanna eat right. Um, it all, it all uh, is married well with our system uh, on offense. It's all married well with our system on defense. So. It's just doing everything right and making few mistakes. Um, I'll say we probably average between eight and 10 penalties a year through my time here, like, like, like less than a penalty a game. So we don't make mistakes. We don't turn the ball over. Um, we just play solid fundamental football. We try to get bigger, stronger, and faster than the teams that we play. And, you know, Things just kind of winning is a byproduct of that. I don't even like to talk about winning. When I go and have a meeting with the parents, um, we had our meeting yesterday. I don't even talk about winning because winning is a byproduct of doing things the right way. Um, Don Markham was my mentor, taught me many of the things that um, I go into a program with and how to change and turn around a program. And I've kind of used some of his recipe, mixed my own things in. And, um, you know, it just kind of works out as a process. And I know that's not a fancy thing to say, but it just is what it is. Uh, you absolutely have to just work hard every day. That's how you get it turned around. How tough is it to get kids to buy into that? I'm sure like every range of kids, some are all in the first day. There are others. It takes a little bit longer for them to buy in. For the kids who don't buy in right away, how, how do you – try to get them on board. And at the end of the year, a lot of the times are those kids who end up sticking with it. Do you have sometimes have kids who at first are like, I don't think this is for me and you got to challenge them. Take me through your process when it's someone who isn't easily bought in. You know, my, like I told you, my dad has sold cars for 40 years and, and um, I, I would work on summers for him. And, you know, he would tell me that people don't buy a car, they buy you. Right. And so what works for me is having kids buy into me, showing that showing them that I go the extra mile, that I authentically care. Uh, just from up here, uh, 350 miles away, uh, I wrote uh, a teacher an email in Bellflower. 
uh, checking in on a kid that I haven't even met yet. Uh, so, you know, um, you just always have to go the extra mile. And it's, it's stuff that I learned, you know, um, in the hard scrabble schools, uh, Inglewood and Compton, of, of going to knock on people's door and uh, not if players aren't there knocking on their door um, and doing so many things beyond football just to show them that you care, asking about their family, asking follow-up questions and asking them the next week and uh, just really making a connection with each uh, player. And then once they see some results, uh, i.e. winning, then it becomes easier and easier. So right now at Gun, things could pretty much run on autopilot and I don't even, I wouldn't even have to recruit the campus. Um, it, so it's just kind of taking an interest in each individual kid, a sincere, genuine interest and uh, just massaging that relationship. I'm interested in your history. Are you one of those football coaches? And I know you're a really passionate teacher as well, and we'll get into that as well. Are you one of those football coaches who once you graduated, you were like, football coaching, that's what I want to do, and and this is my path? Or did it take you a little bit to come to the realization that you were going to be a football coach? That's a great point. So um, when I was in high school, our, when I was a freshman, I remember uh, Steve Carnes was our varsity coach at Luzinger. And at the time, he was one of the winningest coaches in the state of California. And I just thought that he was such a great players coach. So, so, so different, so casual, so laid back that I said, man, I, I'd love to kind of run a team like that. Um, you know, but, but give you some background, you know, we call coaching and teaching the family business at my family. Like my, both of my brothers are coaches. Uh, My dad was a coach. My grandfather was a coach. My uncles were coaches. So it's something that's always been in us. But, you know, career-wise, I actually wanted to do your job. I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. Um, And I got into coaching because I was broadcasting our high school games. After I graduated, I called up the cable station and said, hey, I'd like to work on your broadcast. This is what I want to do. And I'm working on the broadcast. And uh, my football coach calls me and says, hey, can you um, come help out our freshman team? I like the things that you're saying. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. I'm 19 years old. And so at 19, I go out and I'm the assistant freshman line coach. And that's in 97. By 1998, I'm the head JV coach, uh, you know, just running on pure emotion, not having an idea about X's and O's. And then by 1999, Don Markham comes to Luzinger and takes me under his wing and, um, you know, we're off from there. So what was your first head coaching job? Was that Inglewood or Verbum Day? I, you were at Dominguez a little bit after. Take me through. Uh, first head coach, okay, so um, like I said, I was an assistant at Luzinger and I was the JV coach for Don Markham and we were averaging 74 points a game. So it was <laughs> just like, well, it was like, it was like an ATM machine spinning out cash. And I just, I knew that my brother Keith's coach was at Inglewood and I just drove up one day and said, Hey, how'd you like me to come be your offensive coordinator? I'm like 21. He says, okay. They went one, eight and one the year before and they go 13 and one. Uh, We go 13 and one. We go to the CIF championship game where we lose 43 to 40 to Paso Robles. Uh, So I'm there for two years. The next year we go to the semifinals. Um, Long story short, uh, we have a turnaround at Compton, uh, which is, you know, uh, monumentous as they were like 0-30 the year before, 0-10 on every level. And we take them to the Division I 
playoffs, seven and four. And then the next year, I think we go eight and four. We upset Esperanza uh, in the playoffs. And, you know, by 2000, I said, okay, it's my time. And I go to Fireball High School, who was actually on our schedule uh, in Linwood. And I start their program from scratch. We go one and nine. That, that, was, that did a, a great job of kind of bringing me back to earth and realizing <laughs> that it takes players. So, but we had a really nice group of kids. We go one and nine or one and eight or whatever. And um, I get a pink slip because at the same time, the California budget crisis happens and education is being cut and I'm the last hired. So I get a pink slip and um, I go ahead and I get a temporary contract at Warren. That contract runs out. I'm not rehired back. Um, and then, so I just say, you know what? I wanna just have a stable job. And so I go and I teach at a charter school um, in LA, South Central LA uh, Health Services Academy. And I teach there for three years and it's really where I cut my teeth as a teacher. Um, we took the lowest performing kids test score wise out of LA Unified School District. And um, we go ahead and turn their scores around from like 500 average score to 750, which was amazing, right? And it was, it was super gratifying. And I started teaching AP classes and I just, I just started to, you know, really become a, a professional teacher. That's at 2013, the opportunity to go to Verbum Day uh, comes into play. They had went one and nine uh, the previous year. Keith comes over, he's my defensive coordinator. I get the head coaching job and athletic director job. We go seven and um, four and uh, we take second place and go to the uh, playoffs where we lose to, uh, what was it? I can't remember. But anyway, so I, we're rolling. We're going to have a great team. We got a couple of D1 recruits. And I get this bug to go coach, go back to Inglewood. Because I feel that, you know, I was all offensive coordinator. We won the championship and we went to the semifinals. I just felt like it was unfinished business and I just wanted to get back there. So I take the job. Um, <laughs> the day I take the job, there's a riot on campus. Inglewood is a year into state receivership. They don't have their own school board. Um, it's really a mess. Um, we win, we go four and five um in the bay league and at the time you know you had a really strong palace verdes team that we lost to we lost to a really strong redondo team but we felt good we had upset peninsula we had upset maricosta so we felt pretty good but um i knew that that wasn't a place that i wanted to uh teach uh the, the staff the school was in turmoil um and then had the opportunity that the dominguez job came open um where you know, um, Coach Donerson was very popular, legendary um, Keith Donerson and Willie Donerson, that had the father and son combo. And they had been there uh, for 30 years or whatever, and uh, all of a sudden had to leave. And then with them leaving, nine kids, nine starters really transferred out. I mean, just boom, out of there. So I was happy that to go in there, Keith wasn't with me, so it was just myself. Um, one other assistant and then just, you know, entirely coaches I didn't know. And we went in there, we won league championship. We tied for a league championship. Um, so I was really proud of that uh, 2015. And that was the one time after the season I said I had uh, this kid named Sean Harleston, who was a um, quarterback that I saw on our lower levels. And I said, man, this guy has it all. And I said, I'm going to change my offense. I'm going to let him do his thing. And so we get ready. We put in the spread for 2016. 
and we're, we're, we're cleaning up. We're actually, we're scrimmaging Inglewood in 2016 and he injures his knee in the scrimmage. And so, okay, let's put the backup guy who was a transfer from Narbonne. Okay, he injures his knee. So we literally go into Thursday before our first game against Mighty Tustin with the fourth string emergency quarterback that really hadn't taken a snap. And so that year was pretty much a disaster. And we, we won one game and, I mean, we were lucky to win that. It was just like going in with your fourth stringer, just not the thing to do. Um, and then at, at that time, I started to feel a little burnt out. Like that was tough, um, you know, losing at uh, Dominguez that year, even though we won a, a league championship the year before, losing at Inglewood, not winning like I wanted to. And I just felt like I, I wanted to change. And I saw an opening for a um, special ed position. I had gotten my special ed credential uh, while I was teaching at Dominguez. And so I came up here in Palo Alto, taught middle school special ed for one year, and then the gun job opened up. Um, and that's where we are today. Got a long look at my resume there, huh? <laughs> Thank you. That's always so interesting to me. I hope the listeners find it interesting as well. But I, I love hearing about where coaches started and, and where they went. Do you have a favorite memory from your time as a, as a head coach? That's such a loaded question. I'm sure there are a lot, but is there anything where you look back on it? This was one of the best memories that, that you have. So, something uh, come to mind when I asked that, or, or is that a too tough a question? Well, no, on the field, uh, there are two that come to mind. Uh, at 2015 in Dominguez, um, to beat Warren, uh, and then I think week nine to submit a league championship where didn't look like we were going to win a league championship. So uh, to cement that win, that was a huge as a head coach. And then in the spring season, uh, in 2021 spring season, we uh, beat Homestead, who beat us um, in the fall on the last day to win the league championship and keep us out the playoffs. So our, my seniors got an opportunity at revenge in the spring season and we, we beat them pretty good. So that, those are, those are, you know, two that really sparked to mind. So I do have good memories that I can, you know, bring up right away. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure there are a bunch of other ones that spring season victory, I'm sure was even more sweet because for a while there, it didn't look like there was going to be any season. So that's a nice happy ending for those seniors. I read that your title now at gun social justice pathway teacher, can you, explain um, that title and what you do in a teaching capacity at Gunn High School. I found that really interesting. So, you know, a lot of schools have pathways, right? It could be an art pathway it could, where several classes are focused on that pathway and it may show on your diploma. So at Gunn, we have a social justice pathway and I'm pretty much the lead teacher in the um, pathway. Uh, so our kids uh, basically take the regular classes just from the social justice perspective. So they're looking at things from a social justice lens. So for me, I teach uh, government and contemporary world history, so modern world history and government. And we're looking at how all of the issues in our textbook and in our curriculum um, are affected by social justice or what are some of the social justice concerns. And we have a, you know, a lot of discussions, you know, kids just want to be heard. Kids love it because they can talk, right? And they, they want to give their opinion and hear each other speak. And um, it's kind of just what we do. And we've taken it a bit further. So this year we had, you know, my classes um, uh, had a march for um, the Ukraine um, invasion, uh, looking at the spotlight and some of the social justice issues. Um, and so some of that stuff spilled into football, right? And 
you know, you're known for social justice. If I'm going to be that guy. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about, you know, stop Asian hate was an issue here. And so we wore the stop Asian hate. Uh, we wore a decals on the back of our helmets. Um, our kids during uh, COVID uh, March for black lives matter. And I was just astonished because, you know, <laughs> I'm one of the few black people they've, they've ever met. And so to know that they were marching for that, you know, without me saying, hey, guys, let's get together and do that, that was pretty amazing. So we built a reputation of being a, a kind of haven for social justice here um, that I'm really proud of. Will you teach at Bellflower High? Oh, yeah. So they're just deciding um, what um, opening that they have for me, whether it's in special ed or um, whether it's in um, social studies. Uh, the, principals indicated an uh, interest in doing some sort of social justice pathway. I also piloted a sports and society class where we looked at political um, and social issues and how they affect sport, right? And so I know that um, Bellflower is interested in possibly doing that too. Okay, awesome. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Ideally, might be tough to answer another tough one. I'm putting you on the hot seat. How long would you want to stay at Bellflower High School? Is this a job where you see yourself for a while? Is it too soon to tell? Any thoughts at this moment? You know what the weird thing is? You look at my resume and say, gosh, coach, you leave. You know, you, you seem to hop around. I thought I would be at gun for 30 years, you know? <laughs> so I literally, and um, thinking about Bellflower, I'm coaching there with my brother, right? I'm going to be coaching my my nephew, I have a nephew and it's going to be in middle school and I have a nephew that's going to be in second grade and I have a niece that's in middle school. So that's a long time of a commitment. So, you know, uh, Bellflower is a great place. It's not a place that you want to run from with your hair on fire because you're stressed out from the day. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a great public school. I like public school settings. Uh, and so my goal is to be there till retirement. It's always the goal. So, you know, as long as they'll have me. I mean, I'm a high school football coach. So if we can, quote, turn Bellflower around and make Bellflower a power, then there's nowhere else to go. You make it the power high school football program. That lends into the, the next question. Bellflower, of course, is where St. John Bosco is located. Speaking of powers, I've talked to some other coaches who coach in the St. John Bosco region, and they say sometimes it actually helps because if there's a kid who is really good but – can't quite get on the field at Bosco, they might go to that school and, and help them out. What are your thoughts on being in the shadow of one of the best teams in the country? Well, it's great to always have the standard, right? I mean, I, I consider myself in the standard of De La Salle up here. Uh, I've actually had an opportunity to converse with Coach Laudasor at De La Salle. So um, I know that uh, my brother has a lot of interactions with the St. John Bosco coaching staff uh, through his scouting service. Um, and his camps, his showcase football camps. So the thing about um, Bosco, it, it's nice to kind of have a standard, right? Um, it, and, and honestly, it's nice to have that, that chip on our kid's shoulder, right? Um, you know, we can say whatever we want to say, but there's going to be some feeling of inferiority of why wow, everybody asks you, you go to Bellflower, you mean St. John Bosco? No. So, you know, that that is something that our kids probably think about. But, you know, for me, I'm more into developing kids. So I know a lot of coaches look for bounce backs from here and bounce backs from there. We did it here at Gun without a transfer. 
our district doesn't let in transfers. I mean, they they have a rigorous checkpoint like that. That stuff doesn't go. And it makes made me a better coach. So, you know, we're into developing kids. We have a middle school on our campus. So if you're a football coach and you have seventh graders on your campus and you can't develop a program out of a regular comprehensive school, then you're just not a very good football coach. I think we have what we need right where we're at. Um, kids will want to check in. That's great. But from my experience, you build a better team, you build better bonding by kids that grew up together and then kids that um, are not looking to hop around. Bellflower has a new stadium, right? I think I read that. Yes. Um, Yeri, after Ron Yeri, the Hall of Famer that went to Bellflower. So that's a nice little additional uh, bonus for you guys. In addition to you coming in with your resume, you can tell kids, I mean, not that you tell kids, but kids can see, oh, we got this great coach, Jason Miller, and now uh, I got a nice little stadium we can come play at as well. So I, I hope that helps you. I feel like it will because we see in Southern California facilities, there are some really nice ones, and then there are some really not so nice ones. So that's a nice benefit for sure. Yeah, rec recruiting for me, though, starts with recruiting our campus. I mean, you literally have your middle school in your high school. So, I mean, if we can just keep everybody that's, in Bellflower at the Bell on campus at Bellflower will do great. And like I said, um, you know, if we do things right and build our program right, um, winning and um, attracting better athletes is a byproduct of doing things the right way. I truly believe that. I'll get you out of here with this. You don't strike me as a wins and losses goal oriented coach, but in year one at Bellflower, what's your goal? You know, we haven't had a, a lower level team in uh, three years. So we want to reestablish the lower level program. If you take a look at our numbers now, I think we're pretty far along doing that. So we want to establish that and we want to teach our kids to compete and what it's like to compete, what it's like to make a commitment and stand by that commitment. And, you know, we have seniors this year, right? And I only have a couple of months before we get started. So we want to teach those kids how to make a commitment so they can contribute to a society right now. Right. If I can get all the kids to make a commitment, which we've had a great group, we said this is our best group as far as uh, behave kids and, and lack of nonsense that we've been around. And so if we can get those kids committed and be competitive out on that field, um, we should definitely be in the top half of our league. Um, you know, if not, you know, challenge, you know, whoever I don't I don't know much about the teams anymore uh, that are in that league. But um, if we do things the right way, we should be competitive for a playoff bid. Well, don't have too good of a season because then you'll go into like Division Five. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, oh, I know, I know, it's it's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous and political. Um, you know, we lost the game this year up here, and one of the coaches accused me of throwing the game. And I'm like, are you kidding? I would like, you know, I I would have liked to have made the playoffs. You know, so. I know that's just the new world. That's just the new world and, and great teams, um, you know, programs like Compton and Hawthorne and those guys got a chance to, you know, compete in playoffs. And uh, so, you know, there's some good too, right? It's not just, you know, things being unfair. There's some good, good things happening for schools. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. That's Jason Miller, the new head coach at Bellflower High School. Jason, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Connor. Take care now.